Hey everybody, it's Heavy Ham. I'm here to talk to you about how easy it is to use Anchor to get your podcast out there. These guys are amazing to work with. They get you set up on every platform imaginable. Just recently I got set up on Google and Spotify and my listeners are coming in like crazy. It's free to get you set up with sponsors Like the ad you're listening to right now is for Anchor, the people that I'm podcasting through. It's amazing. So check them out. Go to anchor.fm slash start to get started or download the app through the Google Play Store or the Apple iStore. It's Anchor. It's free and it's simple. Podcast today. I can't wait to hear it. Welcome back everybody, I'm Heavy Ham and this is another episode of Hamcast in this segment. It is the second segment of Giants Are They Among Us. In the last episode we sp- we touched a little bit on Giants, the Nephilim, the Mountain Giants, um, the Book of Enoch, and kind of left everything floating around so you guys can grab on to bits and pieces, do some homework, do your own research, gather your own theories, and let it marinate. In this segment, I'm going to kind of let you in on where I stand and uh, really hone down on where I think the mountain giants are as opposed to where the Nephilim are what the differences are between the two. Using the Book of Enoch, I think I've got a pretty clear uh, definition of the two. And then we will uh, speak a little bit more on the Book of Enoch. We're also going to discuss a few other... um, details and stories along the way so without further ado let's just jump right into it now when we talk mountain giants these are the things otherwise known as the district managers these things live a lot longer than your typical patty type bigfoot or your gugwe bigfoot um they live in excess of 100 years possibly even uh, 200 or 300 years they rule the entire forest they pretty much make sure that if there is an unruly leader of a clan that they're taken out and replaced almost instantly that's why when you have a lot of activity, maybe, say, a certain area seems really hot, really heavy on the activity, whoops, calls, tree knocks, gift giving, and then you'll go out there maybe two, three months later, and there's nothing. You might maybe hear a whoop or a tree knock or you'll see a footprint here or there. But 
compared to what there was previously, it's almost barren. That's because there's been a change in leadership. Now, I've made the mistake of saying, using the term alpha. And a lot of people don't like the term alpha because it puts them, I guess that gives them the sense that these things are more animal than they are human. And some people think that they're more human than they are animal. Certainly these things are more intelligent than your typical animal. Uh, they're able to hide very well. They're able to hunt. Um, some people think they're just opportunistic. But we've seen structures where these things have clearly built choke points to where they're hunting by ambush. Um, we've seen where these things have stalked their prey and taken large elk or bear down. Uh, so they're not just opportunistic animals like, say, a vulture would be, or, a, you know, sometimes coyotes are opportunistic animals, scavengers, if you will. Also, for a mount, mountain giants have to be incredibly intelligent for the simple fact that not only do they are they rumored to live a lot longer than your typical Bigfoot, but they live in the higher altitudes. Okay, so you've got your typical Bigfoot that live down where your hikers are going, where your woodsmen are going, your hunters are going, but then you've got your higher altitudes, and we're talking where only the most extreme, where the most uh, hardcore or, dare I say, badass explorers would dare to trek. And that's where these uh, mountain giants would be. And generally, they're spotted near a cave. They'll come down into the area only to find food or to deal with an issue. Uh... That brings me around to the difference between the mountain giants and the, that brings me around to one of the biggest differences between the mountain giants and the Nephilim. The mountain giants prefer, okay, they prefer the higher altitudes, the staying away from the, the less interaction with the humans, they, as a matter of fact, they almost would prefer not to have the interaction with human, and I believe that's because they know that they've been instructed, they've been banished from interacting with human, and I'm going to touch base on that here in just a second. Um, Nephilim, however, 
and I believe them to be more or less the fallen angels. So let's just jump in uh, to where the Nephilim fall into this. Now, the Nephilim are the fallen angels. And I can pretty much sum that up with, in my last text I talked about how, um, in my last episode I talked about how Azazel was thrown into the desert of Dedrael, which was east of Jerusalem, and um, kind of in the western western area of Afghanistan which would kind of put us around the Kandahar area and like I spoke about in my last episode kind of coincidental they found they not only had the villagers paying tribute with human sacrifices but two one military unit lost their lives to the cannibalistic giant with scarlet red hair, double rose teeth, and six digits, but another military unit shot this creature down, and several military individuals encountered the and handled and transported this, this being, okay? So, uh... There's all that. I believe the Nephilim to be that of the the fathers of the Watchers. Or the sorry, the father of the fathers of the Mountain Giants. They are the fallen angels, spoken of spoken in the Book of Enoch. Now I'm going to read a passage from the Book of Enoch real quick, just like in my last episode. For those of you who aren't familiar with the Book of Enoch, uh, it's a forgotten book, or a uh, not forgotten book, but removed book from the Bible. And I'm not going to go too far into why it was removed, or but the Bible that most people read today is a version. This is just one of the books that was left out. In the book of Enoch, chapter 10, verse 13 and 14. To Gabriel, also the Lord said, Go to the biters, the reprobates, to the children of the fornication, and destroy the children, the offspring of the watchers. Now, I want to stop right there for a second. The children of the watchers. Okay, now the Watchers, okay, are the angels that were supposed to watch over mankind and keep them safe from harm, make sure they didn't fall stray or fall off the beaten path that God had intended for them. We found out, before we get to 13, we found out in 7 through 10 that they did not just watch. They were enticed by women jealous of man they laid with they laid in bed with woman taught man how to make sword how to make beauty 
and all this other stuff. And because of their laying down with women, they gave birth to these giants. Okay? Who had an insatiable appetite. One that could not be just quenched. Destroy the children of fornication. Destroy the children, the offspring of watchers. From among men. Now, many people will read that and say, Oh, well, he sent a soldier down, another angel down to destroy them. But no, it says he sent them down to destroy them from among men. So to send them away from the men and women. Send them away from the village. Bring them forth and excite them amongst each other. Let them perish by mutual slaughter. For length shall not... Shall length... Sorry... Uh, let them perish by mutual slaughter, for length of days shall not be theirs. So he knows of their cannibalistic, he knows of their great hunger, he knows that if he gets them away from the village and puts them in a far off distant land, that they will excite, their hunger will be excited by each other, that they will not be able to not eat each other. Okay? In 14 it says, Shall they all entreat thee, but their fathers shall not obtain their wishes, respecting them, for they shall hope for eternal life, and that they and that they may live each of them five hundred years. So what this tells me is not only did he already send an army of angels down, or an army of soldiers, if you will, to deal with the fathers, the Nephilim, okay? Nephilim. Nephilim means... There's a lot of speculation into what Nephilim actually means. Some people say it means giants, uh, or some people say it means fallen angels. The actual translation of Nephilim is fallen one so Nephilim means fallen one so to be a fallen one you would have to first be a one okay one by the side of the righteous so to be a Nephilim you have to first be a righteous make sense Okay, moving on. For they shall hope for eternal life that they may live, each of them, for 500 years. Now, the Nephilim are the fathers. Or the watchers, if you will. The mountain giants are their offspring. Are you following me here? So if the if the giants, the Nephilim, the giants that we have been finding, as in Brewer's Cave, Kandahar, all these giant skeletons that we've been finding all over the world, those would be the fallen, the fathers of the watch. The, those would be the watchers. 
the mountain giants, the district managers, those would be the offspring. Now, bring this into perspective for you. Eventually, the plan didn't work. They did not excite against each other. Right? They did not hunger and take out each other. They were cannibalistic, yes. But what does cannibalistic mean? Cannibalistic means that you eat flesh. Cannibalistic means that you eat your own kind. But in in reality, they were not eating their own kind. They were of giant nature. They were of, they were half God and half mortal. So I guess in a sense, they were parsley eating their own kind because they were, in a sense, they were eating their own kind because they were feasting on the flesh of men. And that's where the whole term cannibalistic came from in in that argument. However, they were not willing to feast upon themselves. So you had something happen to where they made a pact to disperse amongst each other and go out and one went in one way. However many there were, they all dispersed. And this is just a theory that I have. But I truly believe that the Nephilim, the giants from Kandahar, like I said, Brewer's Cave, those were the fallen ones. Those were the fathers or the watchers, if you will. The mountain giants, the district managers, those are their offspring. And then... From their offspring, from the district managers, we get Bigfoot. We get we get the Wendigo. We get the Skunk Ape. We get the Wood Booger. We get because they started breeding. They started giving off offspring. Does that make sense? There's no logical explanation for how we have this 15 to 25 foot district manager who's living for 100 to 300 years living up in the higher altitudes and we have for hundreds of years from continents across the globe tribes nations even settlers from seas across seas who have had no interaction with each other have sightings upon sightings of the same kind of creature people who have had no connection with any other person have the same same kind of sighting same kind of 
description. Same kind of... Uh, same generic generic's not the right word same classic kind of sighting and when some of these reports some of these stories get told there are a few things that don't generally make it that we that researchers don't make known to the general public and I'm certainly not going to come on here and make it known right now I have some of those notes that um, that I keep redacted for a reason and it's just going to stay that way because I think that those are the kind of notes that when you hear it come through on a sighting or come through on a story, you're like, okay, this guy clearly saw what he, what was legit, you know. When someone when someone's telling the story and it takes a sudden turn into the Wizard of Oz, you're like, you what were you drinking? What were you smoking? But when it stays on a certain path and the details are so burned into their skull and the emotions are still as true as it happened that day and they're telling the story and they're getting shook up and there's certain things they just can't shake like the smell or a certain feature they got tunnel vision and they focused on this one one feature that just sticks out there are certain things that you just can't get over. So there's no way to explain Bigfoot away, but there is a way to explain him into existence. And the way to explain him into existence is through the watchers laid with women of men had offspring those offspring were planned to take each other out somehow they did not take each other out they became the mountain giants who lived in the higher altitudes and gave off fruit of their loins or offspring of their own in different regions of globe and thus we have the yaoi the skunk ape the wendigo the wood booger the the gugwi the patty if you will the you know in general bigfoot now real quick I would like to talk about the large skeletons that have been found around the world. Now there are some videos out there, some really good videos about 
people finding these large skeletons all around the world and some great articles you can still find some of them are left for interpret most of them are left up for interpretation as a matter of fact they do go out of their way due to uh, make they do go out of their way to leave out the extra digits or the double rows of teeth most of these skeleton most of them can't hide the fact that they have elongated skulls um, there was one video who showed an article and I was actually able to pause the video it did show an article about it did show an article about the skeleton that was found and I was able to track down that article the article did state quite clearly that the skeleton had extra digits on both hands and feet I've since gone back and tried to find said article and video the channel was taken down the article had been removed I don't know exactly what for I don't know if it was um, copyright infringement or if it was simply because you know they didn't want that kind of truth to be out there so who knows uh, can only speculate you know I am kind of a conspiracy theorist so I believe it was they didn't want that out there a lot of these large skeletons have been since scooped up and swept away to the Smithsonian hoping to be put on display yet when you ask the Smithsonian what happened to all these large skeletons they have no record of them some believe it to be that they don't have them or they have disposed of them some believe it to be that they don't keep them in intact skeletons I actually have it on good authority that they do keep intact skeletons so the simple fact that they can sit there and say that they do not keep intact skeletons is a bunch of hooey uh, I think there's a lot more going on that they don't want people to know about I've heard it said that they have a body of a Sasquatch there at the Smithsonian and you have to have certain clearance and sign a disclaimer before viewing it But I've never been able to get anybody to confirm or deny that. Certainly, uh, when writing the Smithsonian 
the only letter I got back from them was a letter stating that Bigfoot was a mythological creature in the realm of unicorns and fairies. Speaking of fairies, stay tuned for the next episode. Next episode, we will be talking about Puckwudgies. So that was a great opener for that one. And if you're not familiar with what Puckwudgies are, they are the little people of the forest. If we're going to talk about the giants of the forest and the big people that make the trees go clack and crash, we're going to talk about the little people as well. And the little people, speaking of the little people... What got me really interested in the little people or, and wanting to do a, an episode on the little people wasn't so much the, uh, the Bigfoot phenomenon as it was my, my good friend over there at Colorado... Colorado forest beings. Callie over there, he does a lot of great ground research. Um, I wish I could get out there like he does. I get, you know, I'm not able to get out there in this cold weather like he does. Uh, so, I'm going to be giving him another shout out in my next video but Callie from Colorado Forest Beings, he does a lot of great videos, if you get a chance, go over and check out his videos hit the like button, subscribe to his channel he's got a lot of great videos and he makes a lot of valid points, he got me really digging deep into this whole little people thing uh, and it got me thinking I've always been fascinated with the Bigfoot thing, and when I was a kid, I, you know, I was fascinated by uh, dwarves and gnomes and pixies and whatnot. I kind of put that on the back burner, but since I've been watching his videos, I decided to pick up the Puckwudgie research because it is one of the subspecies in the Bigfoot hierarchy. So. Stay tuned or tune in later on today as we dive deep down the rabbit hole of the Pukwudgies. We are going to get little. Thank you, everybody, and tune back in. Kelly, talk to you later, brother. And everybody, go like Colorado Forest Beings. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell notification on his channel. This guy is for real.